Merry Christmas. What a welcomed holiday to end 2020 and hopefully usher in some better days, right? I'm glad that you're here. And after this morning, my hope and prayer is that regardless of better days, you will leave here with more hope, joy, and peace, regardless of what happens in the coming days and years because of Christ. He is where we can find contentment and comfort that transcends circumstances. This morning, I want to work through a Bible verse, so turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. I want to work through a Bible verse, talk about the reason for the season and why this year it's a little bit more special for many folks. Lastly, I want to shed light on a Christmas responsibility that is timeless. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much for, uh, for children. Thank you for singing. Thank you for the ability to worship in song. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for everybody that is here. And I pray right now, and I thank you for your word, and I pray that you would reveal yourself and your glory this morning to us. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word, the Son of God, became flesh, Jesus. The baby born in a manger, the subject matter for nativity scenes around Christmas time and around the world. It's the beginning of the life of Christ on earth where he, God, dwelt among us where people saw the glory of God and were changed. People, people listened to Jesus' words. They watched what he did. They were healed by him. People's lives were changed, transformed because of Christ. Christmas is a season of transformation. Homes, offices, desks, cars, businesses, lights, trees, ornaments, props. And if you're lucky enough, transformation can find its way to your humble commode if during a white elephant gift exchange you receive the prized, coveted, festive toilet seat cover. Some transformation is great, another transformation, not so much. All of the outward signs of transformation during the holiday seasons are evidence of personal desire for transformation. Let me say that again. All of the outward signs that we see during the holiday seasons are evidence of people's personal desire for transformation. People want hope. People want joy. They want peace. They want feelings that are different from the ones that they've had. The changing of seasons is often well received. A lot of good feelings come with the holidays and that's a great thing. Which is why in 2020, there has been a surge in Christmas spirit. One account I read said that Christmas tree sales were up 29%. There is a demand for lights and ornaments and house decorations. I don't know if when you went to try to get new things, there wasn't any left on the shelves. People are excited for this holiday season. One article I read attributed this to pent-up desire, desperation even for holiday cheer. Quote, people are eager for a sense of comfort in a year of constant turbulence. 
People are buying bigger trees on average. There's more Christmas spirit. And it's all because people don't want to just transform the outside. People are hungry for transforming hope, joy, and peace. People want change. They want something that's different than what has been. My first point is this. The reason for the season is hope, joy, and peace. And that's a phrase, the reason for the season, that you need to understand and and have a grasp of what the reason for the season is. Otherwise, you will fall prey to what so many other people are falling prey to. The words joy, hope, and peace are words that have meaning that you need to understand and remind yourself of. Otherwise, you will fall prey to what so many people are doing, which is the reason for the season, hope, joy, and peace are these words that just get caught in the noise of Christmas time and they lose their meaning. We have to remember that that is why we celebrate Christmas. This has been the case long before 2020, though, before everything that's happened in 2020. People have felt this desire for transformation and the season brings hope and joy and a sense of comfort because there's all of these good feelings that come with traditional things. The reason people like change, and I'm grateful to God that he's given us seasons, it's because we live in a broken world and we like having something to look forward to. In our broken world, tell me if you, or don't, you don't have to tell me, but just think to yourself, you've either felt these personally or you've witnessed them. Drama, disagreement, hurt feelings, disappointment, selfishness, sickness, decay, stress, angst, depression, jealousy, discontentment, longing for acceptance and meaning. Brokenness has just become more evident to many people in 2020. But it's been around since Adam and Eve. And here's here's the deal. With brokenness, when people feel the brokenness, that's when they look to something for hope. When people feel the brokenness, that's when they turn to something for help. When people feel the brokenness, that's when they go to someone or something for healing. And this Christmas, people are turning to the holiday spirit. They're buying more stuff. They're decorating their houses more than they ever have. The inside of their house, there's more lights. There's more stuff. This morning, I want to focus and talk to two different people, two different groups of people, and I'm not sure which one you fall into. See, there's people who, at Christmas time, there's two types of people that celebrate Christmas. There's those who have true hope and joy and peace because they've been made right with God through Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that can happen in the world that is going to take away the fact that they stand before God guiltless because of Christ. There's people that have joy even in a pandemic when their work shuts down, maybe they get laid off, maybe they're in school and they have to go virtual and they hate it and they're failing classes, but guess what? It's not robbed them of joy. There's people who have hope Even in a world when political and tension and economic and stuff, their hope hasn't been taken away because their hope isn't in this life. They're focused on somewhere else. This is just temporary. There's people who have hope, joy, and peace, and they celebrate Christmas. They love Christmas. But then there's people who celebrate Christmas who want hope, joy, and peace. 
And what this looks like is they see people doing things that have hope, joy, and peace, and they're saying, okay, I'm going to fake it till I make it. If I do the things that they're doing, that's what will bring me hope, joy, and peace. So you've got all these people decorating, having Christmas spirit. All the while, they're broken inside. We even have the words joy, hope, and peace on windows, in businesses, on trees. We have one sitting on the welcome desk when you walked in. It says joy. And there's all kinds of people that put those in their homes. And it's like, if I put these here, maybe I will get them. And you know what happens for Christmas, the season? There's some temporary relief. Maybe you find good gifts for people and it brings you joy and you make them smile. Giving gifts is a wonderful thing. Maybe you get a lot of affirmation for your office desk that you did up a little more this year. Or you have a Santa bobblehead that makes people smile when you're sitting next to them at a stoplight. Or maybe there's a little less tension relationally with family or friends this year during the holiday season. Those are good things, but they're temporary. And pretty soon Christmas is going to be here and gone. And the guilt and the condemnation sets back in. Maybe that's you. Those who have hope, joy, and peace, though they love Christmas time because they're not looking to those things for the hope, joy, and peace. Those things are all representation and symbols of the hope, joy, and peace that they already have. And that's worth celebrating all year round. Christmas is just when, when it's the official time to celebrate. The hope, joy, and peace last all year. My second point is this. The source of hope, joy, and peace is found in seeing God's glory. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The source of hope, joy, and peace is found in seeing his glory. His glory is what transforms us inside. His glory, which is full of grace and truth, is where we find ourselves through faith lifted out of our shame, our sin, our brokenness. The things that hold us back, that rob us of joy, hope, and peace. That's what he came to free us from. Have you seen God's glory? Do you want to see God's glory? In John 2, verse 11, if you want to read it, you can. It's just the next chapter over. It's the account of Jesus doing his first miracle. Do you want to see God's glory? Listen, John 2, verse 11. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. A few more chapters over. John 11, verse 4, is the story of Jesus healing Lazarus, raising him from the dead. But before he raised him from the dead, Jesus is talking with a mutual friend. They love Lazarus. They're days away. He's deathly ill. And this is what he said to his friend in John 11, verse 4. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Do you see what his glory is? Let's talk about Moses. He also wanted to see God's glory, and he did. In Exodus 33, Moses, the guy who led the Egyptian, or the, uh, his people out of Egyptian captivity, a lot of plagues, miracles, 
that God did through Moses. He spoke to him at the burning bush. He parted the Red Sea. He gave the Ten Commandments. God spoke to Moses, it says, like friends face to face. But in Exodus 33, verse 18, Moses still asks and says, God, please show me your glory. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The words are different for glory, but guess what? The Hebrew word that is used for glory in Exodus 33 is often used to show the visible manifestations of God's self-disclosure. Very similar to the glory that we read in John. How do you think God responded to Moses' request? Exodus 33, 19 says, listen, listen to this. This is God's response to Moses' question. Please show me your glory. And he, God, said to Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And God did just that. God tells Moses to go back up on the mountain in Exodus 34, 5 to 8. Listen, God showed up. Listen. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children's to the third and the fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Do you want to see God's glory? God's glory is his goodness. 33.19 says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. God's goodness is his grace, his mercy, his patience, his love, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, his wrath, his justice. Have you seen those things? Moses' response to this is worship. He quickly looked to the earth and worshiped. Do you want to experience God's goodness and see his glory? The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, the visible goodness of God. The glory revealed to Moses in the Old Testament when God passed before him and spoke his name is the same glory that John and his friends witnessed in the Son of God made flesh while he was on the earth. Christmas is a celebration of Jesus' birthday, which is the worldwide display of God's goodness. How is this good, though? How is this good for you? God shows us his goodness through Christ's birth. God showed up. He came to us. Because of our sin brokenness, we are stuck in shame. In guilt. The only way for us to be pardoned is through perfect obedience. You go to the store, you want to buy a candy bar, you got to cough up the money that it says on the price tag. 
You want to go on a vacation? You've got to cough up the money of what it's going to cost. You want to get into heaven? You've got to have your sin paid for and there's a price and it's perfection. And you can't do it. That's why Jesus came to do it for you. God came to take your shame and carry it. He came to take your sin and pay for it. Megan Trainer is a pop star. Maybe you've heard of her, maybe you haven't. She has songs, no doubt, that you would recognize. Uh, you've heard them at weddings, maybe, or in stores that play. She's, she's a talented musician. Around four years ago, she was performing on Jimmy Fallon's show. She had a new album that just came out. Right, right at the end of her show, the song, the musicians were all ending. It was the climax. It was done. She was walking back to the mic and her ankle rolled. She was wearing high heels and she fell. Completely embarrassed, I can only imagine. Just ashamed. Nightmare. And she was wearing a nice fancy tight dress and she's on the ground humiliated, probably can't get like, how's this gonna go? In the crowd, the music had just ended. So now the music's done and she's laying on the ground. People are like, oh, that's embarrassing. People are clapping, you know, the end of a show. Jimmy Fallon in a very wise, quick, caring way. Instead of saying, Megan, trainer, everybody. It's like he got down and he laid next to her on the ground and consoled her. The mics got turned off and they talked for a few moments and it was obvious to see that she kind of, she leaned into him and was embarrassed. He helped her gain her composure. He stood back up helped her up and said, Megan Trainer, everybody. And at which time there was already a standing ovation. People were going nuts. It wasn't because of Megan Trainer's performance though. It was because of the performance of kindness that Jimmy Fallon showed towards her. He laid down next to her. He saw a way to care for her. Also to save the show. Sure. It's a heartwarming story, isn't it? It gives me goosebumps to think about someone being so thoughtful and caring in the moment for somebody. This is what God did for you. Do you not see that your life is going to amount to nothing in the end? All of your attempts at joy and hope and happiness and living are gonna come crashing down whenever you die, which is going to happen. Before God, alone and naked, you will stand condemned. But thanks be to God for displaying his goodness to us by sending Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, there is nothing that you can do to offer God to get your acceptance, you're already accepted before God because of Christ. When you stand before him, and even now, you're not naked and condemned. You are clothed in Christ's perfect white royal robes. And you have his perfection. This is such good news. Merry Christmas. It's a joyful thing to say for those who have it. For those who believe. Most don't believe though. They continue on in darkness. 
content with temporary, seasonal decorations to prop up their hopelessness. Or they turn to something else. John chapter 1, the verses preceding the verse that we read, the word became flesh, say this, starting in verse 9. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. The gift of glory, this gift of life, of peace, joy, and true hope is only received through faith. This is the light shining in the darkness to give people the things that they're, the world is broken that they're not getting. Jesus came to give it to them, but it's a gift and they have to accept it. Throughout Jesus' life and ministry while he was on the earth, he was walking and teaching and loving people and caring for them and healing them. People who couldn't speak, he healed them so they could speak. People who couldn't see were blind, he healed them so they could see. They could hear deaf people. People who had crippled arms and legs couldn't walk, he healed and they walked. There were dead people that he brought to life. And most people still did not believe. It is possible for you to stare glory in the face and still not believe. Verse 11 of John 1, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The Christ coming to the world is a gift that transforms. And if you have it, say amen. I want to pray now, all of us. I want everybody to bow your heads. Like Moses, if you have received God's goodness and you've seen it, You've experienced it. I want you to spend time now worshiping in your heart and mind, thanking him for his goodness. But if you're here and you're stuck propping yourself up seasonally from one thing to the next and you're tired and you want lasting hope, you want joy, you can believe this morning. Repeat this prayer after me if that's you and you want to be saved. You want to place your faith in Jesus. Pray this prayer after me. You can say it quietly or you can repeat it aloud. I don't care. This is before you and God. Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. You see my innermost thoughts and my ugliest parts and yet you sent Jesus to die for me. I believe that Jesus did for me what no one else could do to pay the price for my sin and to give peace, me peace with you. Right now, I surrender control of my life to Jesus and submit to him as my savior, Lord, and king. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. If you have received Christ this day, let it become the greatest day in your history. It will mark a change and a transformation of something that you cannot lose.
No season can take it away. If you're a believer here today, whether you're new or you're a veteran and you've been following God for many years, there are a lot of people trapped in darkness. And Christmas is all about God's goodness being put on display, his glory being put on display for a world that is trapped in darkness. And how he does that is through you. My third and final point, the light of the glory of God is spread through believers. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is no longer on earth walking, doing miracles and teaching. I hope you believed and received mercy from God. You now have a responsibility to let your light shine. This, the word of God and the Holy Spirit that is inside of you, let your light shine before others trapped in darkness. You are God's glory put on display. You were once trapped in darkness But he has revealed light to you. He has revealed his glory to you. He has revealed his goodness to you. His forgiveness, transforming grace. The old is gone, the new has come. And you can tell people about it. You now have something that a lost and broken world is searching for. You can put it on display. The reason for the season is hope, joy, and peace. The source of hope, joy, and peace is through seeing the glory of God. And the light of the glory of God is spread through believers. Amen? Merry Christmas.